Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode of Real Talk with Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group. I am your host today, Laura Boyer, Regional Vice President of Northern Illinois. And today I'm very excited to introduce our very esteemed guest, Mr. Joe Reposh. He is our Vice President of Illinois at Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group. Thanks for being here today, Joe. We're glad to have you. Good morning, Laura. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. My pleasure. Oh. Yeah, you've been a, a long-awaited guest because there's a, a lot of mystery, I think, entangled with you because you're not always the most open book to the public. So there's questions that we want to ask. We want to kind of dive deep into kind of your history because you've been probably one of the had one of the longest tenures of anybody with our company besides Ed Perdell himself. Is that correct? Actually, I think I'm right behind Ed. Yeah, right, right. I would be number two in the company. Yep. There you go. There you go. Well, you don't look it. That's great. I'm I'm excited that uh, this. I this... started in third grade, Laura. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's kept you pretty youthful. I would say, don't you think? Oh, sure. Look at that white hair. That tells yeah, you something. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. So um, let's just kind of dive into your history a little bit of what brought you to real estate, and then we'll kind of talk about what's gotten you into your current role as a leader and some of the ins and outs of that, um, maybe that day-to-day -day or your best advice as well. So um, just start a little bit with what brought you into real estate. Where did you start out? Maybe what was your first job and how'd you come into real estate? Uh, you know, it's a funny story. I got into real estate because I bought a home in 1978, probably well before you were born. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a home from a guy in 1978 named Ed Prodell. That was my very first time I met him. And in 1978, Ed was a real estate rock star in a small town of Lockport, Illinois. Everyone wanted to work with him. And my wife, Carol, and myself uh, saw a home for sale with his sign on it. And one link led to another. And we bought the home. And we closed it 45 days later. Well, I was intrigued by the process. I was totally blown away by Ed. He was such a great guy. I mean, Mr. Personality always there for me when I had a question and I just fell in love with how he handled it and in the business itself. And I was hooked. I was hooked. So you hadn't really thought about the career no. even during the buying process. It was just, just how smoothly that transaction went. So Ed was a good realtor. Um, yeah, he was a <laughs> realtor. I know he's a good guy. We know he's yeah. a good guy. Is he a good realtor? Actually, um, he, he, in my opinion, he's still the best realtor out there. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe I'm jumping a gun here, but um, everything that I know and everything that I've learned, he's been my mentor. And I spent, when I was an agent, before I retired as an agent, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars following Mike Ferry around the country. Mm -hmm. I learned more from Ed Prodell, just sitting across from him, than I ever did from Mike Ferry. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better mentor in my life or a better best friend. He was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I what I see in Ed, and I think what many see in Ed is he's a relationship man. And a part of what makes our company feel so family oriented is because with Ed beginning where he's at and where Mike is also now leading the charge is that we're still a family and relationships matter. And I think I see that in you when we come when we talk a lot about going back to the basics in real estate, it's not about the best tool, the best technology. While we have it, it's not the end all be all to be successful in this business and it's about the people. It and is. I don't think that's changed since 1978 when you first bought your house. It hasn't. And, you know, I'm still a believer that that homes are byproducts and it's all about the people. It's as simple as that. I thought of, I thought that since day one. Mm -hmm. And when I was a realtor, my motto was in the business of people. 
it wasn't I'm number one, I'm the greatest, I'm the king. It was in the business of people because I learned from Ed to create relationships. Yep. And those relationships manifested over a period of time. And, you know, I went from doing 20 deals a year to 150 deals a year. Right. And I didn't have a big team with me. I had one assistant and she was a licensed assistant. Her name is Sue. And um, she was invaluable. She did an outstanding job as well. But I got to tell you, everything that made me successful, in my opinion, I learned from Ed. No doubt about it. So in, in speaking of your success, what was your first year like? And then what at what point did you become what you would consider successful in the business when you went up to, you know, the double digits and transactions and things like that in a year? What was that time um, frame? Well, I got into the business in 1982 with Ed. I was licensed in 1979. And for some reason, I wound up going to a competing firm and I almost starved to death working at the competing firm. I literally was ready to quit. I went to my wife and said, Carol, I hate real estate. I'm going back to my previous life. And she said, well, before you do that, meet with Ed Prodell and see how you feel after you meet with him. And that was the end of it, obviously. But my first year in real estate, I started May 1st of 1982 with Ed full-time. I think I made $12,000 that year. Yeah. So, and, you know, back then, that wasn't a lot of money, but we survived on it. And right. I felt good about it. And I went from 12000 to 40000 my next year and then to 70000 and And, That's you know, great. just manifested from there. That's so, great. Yeah. So you made reference to your previous life. What was your previous life? Actually, my family owns a very successful tree service in Will County. It's called Homer Tree Service, and it is growing now to be one of the largest in the entire country. But I ran that company from 1974 until 1982. And um, I decided to get into real estate again because of how much I fell in love with the process and how much I admired Ed and wanted to be Ed Jr. So yeah. uh, I left the family business and my brother Ron took that over and I've never looked back and nor has he. So yeah. it worked out well. Good. Well, we're glad to have you where you're at. And that probably is your value-added service as a realtor when you're standing at the front yard of a house to say, oh, this is an oak tree. That's a maple tree. Look out, still, look out for what that's going to do in the wintertime. Uh, I still know my trees. No I, doubt about it. Yep. I can understand that. My husband has a you know, side gig with his landscaping business. So I always just look to him and, and I just let him figure that part out. So sure. Tell sure. me what looks pretty and what stays green the longest. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> Yep. Good. So tell me a little bit about when you did get started as a realtor, what did you enjoy the most about your day-to-day -day practice and business? Um, you know, it's going to sound corny and, you know, you, you always hear a realtor say, well, you know, it, it makes me good to help people. I'm not going to say that. I mean, what made me feel good was when I got into the business in 82 with Ed, and he can relate to this. Most of you have never heard of these, but um, <clears throat> there weren't assumptions anymore. They were pretty much outlawed. So we had... Um, wrap mortgages. We had blend mortgages. We had a contract for deed. Literally, there was no bank involved. You, you would give the seller money down, they'd move out, the buyer would move in, and you would make the payments. Well, those are illegal now in today's world. But it felt good to put together contract for deed situations because you couldn't get a mortgage. The interest rates were 18% and uh, no one could qualify. So yeah. what we would do is get real creative and put people into homes and it'd be a feeling of accomplishment was really, yeah. really good. I mean, so I enjoyed the hell out of that. To be able to think outside the box and kind of create a solution for yeah. a problem yeah. where you could still get people ultimately where they wanted to be, which is in a new home, um, even with the challenges you face with interest rates and things like that. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, those relationships that you created back then with 18% interest rates, um, they stayed with you forever. And those people referred second and third generations to you over a period of time. 
Right. I hate to, I hate to peg myself on being that old, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, it really worked. Hey, with age comes wisdom. There right? you go. You got a lot of it. So yeah. there you go. Good. So tell me, um, kind of fast forwarding, going into your next stages throughout your career, when did you get into the leadership role management and um, what made you excited about that part? Actually, um, again, it's a funny story. I sold real estate from 1982 until 2007. That was exactly 25 years. And um, I figured at the end of 25 years, I had made enough money to retire. And I was literally going to go back into the family business. My brother invited me to help him run the company that was growing. And I thought, you know what? Perfect timing. I'm going to do it. So I asked Ed to dinner and him and I and his wife and Sue went to dinner at the Joliet Country Club. And I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, well, you know what? Before you make that decision, why don't you consider joining me? You know, we've grown as well. And I need somebody to help me run the company. And I thought, well... I'll think about it. Well, one thing led to another. And again, Ed being as persuasive as he was, and not only that, but most importantly, me teaming up again with Ed, because when I was a salesperson, we sort of split away. He moved to Joliet to run the company. I stayed in Lockport. So we didn't see each other as much. Mm -hmm. So um, I looked forward to spending time with him again and, and interacting with him again. And I became a vice president on May 1st of 2007. So I've had that job now for what, uh, 14 years, almost yeah. 13 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so who's talking about retirement? Who needs that? <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, it's challenging as hell, obviously, but I love it. Well, and you've seen, I mean, so many different shifts in the markets. Like, what would you say has been the most challenging market you've worked with in in all the years you've been in business, even as a realtor or within the leadership role you've had? Actually, the recent collapse in 2007, I think, is the most challenging because that affected everyone. I mean, there was not a segment of the society that that depression didn't affect. Yeah. Now, I went to a couple of them in 1982 when I started, we were in a depression, but it wasn't as bad as 07. And um, we had another one again in the early 2000s after the attack, 9-11 attack, mm -hmm. that didn't last very long, but the 07 was terrible. I mean, that killed a lot of companies obviously. And right. um, it really trans transformed our industry. Right. So that was the worst, in my opinion, by far. Well, and that's even part of how I came to be with this company as well, was just kind of the fallout and the repercussions of what that market had done to some of oh, the yeah. Well, you know, it devastated Primus. We wound up acquiring Primus. It devastated Devonshire. We acquired Devonshire. And, you know, the same thing with UMX, obviously, with ERA. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's all for the better. I think everybody got into the position where I think now they're they're you look in hindsight and everything is as it was supposed to be. Yep. Um, and we still have a great collaborative group of a lot of the same agents we had when that happened for us in 2010. Um, and uh, then all the subsequent acquisitions and mergers since then have really, I think, grown us as a brand. Um, and then being able to fall in all of these offices and agents under the, the leadership that you've created with Ed and Mike and our other now our extensions and VPs with Patrick and Ryan and Wisconsin, yep. and Indiana, mm -hmm. like it's, it's really definitely created a much bigger family and solid foundation for anybody to work in their business. I feel yep. like and that's just I agree. It's been, it's been very impressive for me to, to, to reflect back when I joined a company in 1982, we had three offices and about 25 salespeople. And it's so impressive to look back and see what Ed has built. And then to not only see that, but he built what he built. Uh, he passed the baton on to his family. You know, you got Mike and Sherry and Debbie. 
and they've all participated and done very well. Uh, very proud of each and every one of them. And uh, it's going to continue. The legacy is nowhere near finished yet. Yeah. And I think we all feel that we're excited to see where we sure. go. From here. Yep, Exactly. Yeah. So good. Okay. So tell me, um, shifting focus a little bit, tell me what is your best advice for brand new agents and your best advice for some of these top producers that have are veteran agents that have been doing this a while? Actually, it's, it's going to be pretty simple. If I'm a new agent, I'm going to do what I did. I'm going to follow and listen and learn from a top producer close to me. And I learned and listened and followed Ed Prodell. And I would suggest to any new agent to do that with someone that they respect and admire in their respective office. Learn everything you can from them, follow them, be a sponge. And if they're successful, they're doing something right, learn from them. And successful agents, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the most important thing that I learned is you have to continue to prospect all the time. And if you wanna be successful, you prospect. And uh, it's always been my business opinion that you prospect for clients, you nurture those clients, you close those clients, and then you create relationships that will manifest into deals down the road. And it's the best business in the world. I can't think of a business out there that will give you the time freedom and the earnings income ability that real estate gives. It just can't. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Almost amount of overhead. I mean, you can pay very minimal to be basically your own CEO and own employee of your business. Exactly. With support and of a brokerage like ours, but yet have unlimited earning potential. Exactly right. What struck a chord with me was when you said nurture. And I think that is part of the most important piece of any successful agent going forward is that they nurture. And I think where people don't have long-term success in this business is when they work from that, they manifest the lead and they get to closing and they move on. And I think yeah, when you right. that nurturing process throughout the transact transaction, and then that leads to more committed loyalty with this client base you've developed, which creates more referrals and helps feed that pipeline. So when you talk about, and that all goes back to relationships, kind of how we started, right? With Ed and, and why you got in the business too. Exactly. All of that nurturing makes such a difference. And I think that's where agents that don't do well in this business, they forget about that piece and how important that middle part is. Well, From getting the lead, <clears throat> you know, getting that initial client contact and getting them to closing and then nurturing after that as well. Exactly right. I mean, when we had a closing, I would um, always be at every closing. I would thank them. I'd give them a little closing gift. And then uh, the coup de grace, so to speak, is when they moved into their new home, I always had either lunch or dinner delivered for them and the people that were helping them. And you know what? It may have cost me 150 or 200 bucks a closing, but it's the best money I could ever spend. Right. I mean, at the end of my career, I had 1,000 of my very best customers, clients, customers, call them what you will. And I would contact them literally four times a year. Every quarter, I would touch every customer. And I would never ask for business. I would say, Laura, good to hear you. How's the family? How's the house? Everything good? You know, chat for 35, 40 seconds and boom, go to the next call. I never ask for business, but right. it always came to me because I was a real person. I created a relationship and they felt that I cared. Yeah. That went a million miles. So Absolutely. many agents in today's world rely on technology and it's just not going to create that personal relationship that is so necessary to, to succeed. And you can buy a lead, but you can't buy the relationship. Exactly. And, and that is something you can do for free. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. I believe that. That's awesome. So personal side, tell me a little bit about your hobbies, what you like to do for fun, since we don't get to always see that, that part of you. 
you know, I'm a pretty boring guy. And, and number one, you said earlier that, that I'm sort of a closed book. I'm a, actually, I'm a very shy person. I really am. Um, I, I don't have the ability to go out and, and, and chat and joke around and feel comfortable like Ed and Mike do and you do. I'm pretty uh, a pretty shy guy, and, and it'll verify that. But um, I like to work in my yard. I'm, I'm a yard person. I'm born and raised on a farm. Um, probably too much information, but we used to raise our own animals. We'd raise our own vegetables and fruits and butcher our own animals and process them and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm an old farm boy at heart. So the good Lord has blessed me. I've got a nice home on 10 private acres and I just love working my yard. I trim trees, I plant flowers, I plant vegetables, I have chickens. Um, you know, it's the, it's the childhood coming back, I guess. I don't know my youth, but I just enjoy staying home. I don't like to travel. I just like to stay home and enjoy what I have. Yeah. Yeah. So chickens, how many? Um, you know, it depends. I'll get a bunch of chickens and get mad at them and I give them away. And the next thing you know, I'm buying chicks again and starting all over. Right now I have um, 30 chickens. Wow. And actually it's the best group I've ever had. I got two any beautiful other... roosters. Okay. Pardon me? No, I was going to ask any other animals alongside the chickens? Or just no, the chick just the chickens. No, no cats, okay. no dogs, no turkeys, nothing. Nope. Just got the it. chickens. Yep. And a couple of roosters you said. Yeah, I got a couple of really cool roosters, and I say that only because they're very uh, timid. They don't attack. Roosters in the past always attacked people and created issues for me and for any visitors. These sure. guys, you could just walk up to and pat them on the back, and they're fine. Give them a piece of bread, they're cool. That's that's great. Well, I think we need to have like some kind of field trip to check out your, your <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard rumors. I've heard about it. But I haven't really seen it. So I think like we need either need like a video. Maybe we could do an outside Zoom meeting with the chickens. Um, I feel like that would be really enjoyable. We all could use a break from seeing everybody's faces on Zoom maybe. So well, what if we just get an outdoor meeting at your place? You know, it's funny that anytime I share the videos I have of the animals that I have, everybody loves them. Yeah. Especially yeah. Lonnie. You know, I sent Lonnie Sherman a video like the other night. There were eight deer in a back patio. So I took a video of the deer and send them to her and oh my she just fawned over them for two days and, well, i'll have to start sending uh, you the coyotes i'm finding in our backyard we're getting some coyotes so we'll, well i've we'll i've got an answer for those coyotes so. okay <laughs> that's the date that's another story though for another day that's great our neighbor has a few answers for them too really oh so, yeah we've engaged with them a little bit if needed so okay good to hear yep so, i'm not a coyote fan Right. No, me not especially when they're 10 foot off my back deck and my two dogs are going crazy at the back door. So, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so speaking of our current method of communication that we've been doing during quote unquote, these pandemic times, tell me about your feelings about zoom. Well, I think zoom is a necessary evil, but I mean, it's at a point now where I love it to be quite frank with you. I mean, take a look right now, you and I are on zoom. I mean, I feel I can reach out and touch you and vice versa, and we're conversing and having a great time. If we didn't have this with this pandemic, we'd all be crazy. We'd be all nuts. Right. Um, you know, Zoom has enabled us to continue to do our business and do it in ways that we never thought imaginable in the past. So uh, I'm thrilled. So you're not zoomed out? You're not in the, the, the proverbial zoomed out that we hear a lot of people are? I am not. I'm on it all day, literally, as you are, obviously. But I mean, I've learned to enjoy it, and, and I love it. I just do. I think it's a terrific invention. Yeah. I think I hit that wall where it was kind of like I got zoomed out, but now I just feel like it's become part of our new normal. And well I, said. Said it, I said it right when we went into our first lockdown and I said, I should probably buy some stock in that. And I waited, <laughs> I waited yeah. about two days too long. So, yeah. well, that's good. Thanks for sharing. 
Um, so one final question we ask all of our guests um, so that, and you might've already kind of answered on this, but maybe you have a, a, a second choice as well. What is the favorite part of your home and why? Um, it'd be my yard probably. I've got a very nice home. I've got a stone ranch on 10 acres. I've got a 6,000 square foot barn that I've got my toys in, uh, but it's the yard. My nearest neighbor literally is a block away. Yeah. So um, God forbid, if I ever wanted to walk around in my backyard in the underwear, no one would ever see me. <laughs> so I, I, um, I love my privacy. My home is 900 foot off the road. I'm yeah. buried in oak trees. I, I couldn't ask for anything better. The good Lord has blessed me. Awesome. There's no doubt about that. Don't very, very. Tell me a little about the toys. What kind of toys do you have in the barn? Just tractors for doing yard oh, okay. work. No, yeah. like four wheelers or, you know, side no, by sides. Golf cart to drive oh. around. But I had a four wheeler. I didn't like it. I had what they call a gator. Yep. And I had nothing but trouble with the damn thing. So oh, I sold yeah. it and bought a golf cart. And I love the golf cart. I could drive around the property. Uh, the grandkids could drive around the property and they just love it. So I'm thrilled. Yeah. That's fun. Good Lord again has blessed me in so many ways. You know, if you can't, if you can't, if you don't have it yourself, find some place where you can just get out and enjoy some open land. My mother-in-law, my, my, my husband grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So when we go out there, the kids love just, they have an older gator, his aunt that lives next door has, and they, they jump on that and they just yep. tool around in the, in the, where the Christmas trees used to be. Yep. And they have a, a, a wonderful time out there. So this, that's not um, an underrated activity, I think. I think it's, oh, it needs I to love work. it. I mean, that's my passion and my joy. So That's great. That's great. Yep. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, Joe. I know it took us a few tries to get this together, but I, I am so grateful. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm can just blame scared. Mike. And you know what? You don't have to cut that part either. We can blame Mike for that. <laughs> All the phone calls with Mike. They're necessary evils as part of our business. We have to have them. So. Right. I want to thank you for your time and for all you do for the company and for everything you've done for all of us and, and for being a friend. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, Joe. All right. Well, you take care. Thanks again for being a guest. And yep. we'll see you soon. Okay. okay. Be safe. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. <laughs>